0: This is a special International Women's Day series featuring members of Club Oak, which supports and promotes your rural business through print, digital, audio and mentoring opportunities over a 12 month period. Lauren Barrett is the director and principal psychologist at Regenerative Psychology. Lauren made Holbrook her home in 2020 and has watched her business flourish into a national service. With degrees in both psychology and business, Lauren has honed her expertise with extensive training in mental health services. In this episode, Lauren shares with us some valuable tips on how to achieve work-life balance. Meet my friend, Lauren. Hello, Lauren, and welcome to our special International Women's Day series. Thank you for having me. An absolute pleasure. I had just mentioned before to you that I'm keeping you in my back pocket at the moment because I know the area that you specialize in what you're passionate about, uh, and that skills and knowledge, that background, this is exactly what our OAK community have been asking for, especially in our recent survey. This is just like a little teaser for everyone of your speciality, really. Thank
1: you. I'm so excited to be here and be able to be part of the OAK community and participate in this. I agree. There's so much that we can do to support people more than we are right now, and I'd love to be a part of that and help get the messages out there.
0: And you do have a real focus on small to medium rural and regional businesses as well, which I I really like. Like, is there a reason why you fit into that niche and and not done anyone and everyone?
1: Yes. So we have a focus in our EAP arm of our business around the small and medium because they're typically the organisations that are missed in all EAP services. Our, our market research indicates that a lot of EAP companies have significant startup costs with lots of higher fees and it can really preclude the access for rural and regional businesses and particularly those small medium ones. So we've decided we can do it differently and we can make it work. And we really want to dedicate ourselves to those businesses who actually need it.
0: And you mentioned EAP, which is the Employee Assistance Program. If someone's from a corporate background, they will have heard about an EA program that you know, their organization, their company uh, may have that they can access. You have some incredible stats around this area. Could you share one or two? Sure. Um, We found quite a lot
1: of amazing information when we were setting this up. And one of the ones that always stands out the most to me and that is really relevant for employers is that 37% of all employees surveyed find that they consider their employer to be their main support for their mental health. Not their GP, not a psychologist, not family or friends, but their employer. And it's an absolutely amazing stat that reflects obviously trust in employers, but also the importance employers play in our lives. We also know that there's a lot of difficulty around managing burnout in workplace and um, the state of wellbeing survey from 2019 to 2022 indicated that at the time, 68.5% of employees were experiencing burnout at work. We haven't got the current stat for that one yet. They've just released the report, but there's a lot of information suggesting that it hasn't necessarily gotten better.
0: Which is interesting, isn't it? Given that we've come out of that pandemic and I think all of us thought that maybe, you know, that time that we'd spent at home with our families, we'd had that little bit of a reflection and like, hey, family's important. This work-life balance is important to us. But it does feel like the world is back at 100 mile an hour. I don't know about you but like you can feel it sometimes when you go to the supermarket, when you're driving around town, like there's this frenetic energy.
1: It's always very interesting when we look in this space in that we do see these dips and these high points when it comes to things like burnout and different times of years but people's different experiences. And I think it's an area that's really regularly forgotten about in the regional, rural, less corporate settings Because we don't consider that everyone can be burned out. It doesn't matter if they're sitting at a desk for nine to five or if
0: they're on a farm doing work with animals. It doesn't make a difference. Oh my gosh, such good points. Uh, You moved to Holbrook in New South Wales, which is a tiny rural town, in 2020 and have launched your business whilst you've been there. So tell me, what inspired you to start Regenerative Psychology?
1: I'll be honest, it was our local GP's. Um, I had no plans of starting a practice when I first moved here, but when I met our local GPs and I found out what I did, they were so keen to get me on board. We hadn't had local servicing for several years and the nearest psychologist that was taking any referrals was 70 kilometers away from town, which really reduced the access to for our local communities. So As It wasn't a plan, but on hearing that, we had the business up and running within three months, and within six months, it was my full-time job. We've had such a really wonderful uptake of the service, and it's been an absolute pleasure to be able to work with our amazing medical
0: teams and community members through that but it's been a whirlwind. (laughs) My gosh, three months. In terms of business knowledge, where did you find that? Where did you tap into? Was there some specialists that you knew, hey, they know how to build a website. This one knows how to copyright. This one knows the back end of all our finances and everything. Did you have a team to support you to do that?
1: No, this is where I get to show off a little bit and say, I did all of that myself. (laughs) It was, it was a really big thing. So I'd worked in management prior in different roles, which had given me a bit more of that business understanding beyond just study and things like that. But it was a learning curve. Um, Starting my own practice was my first time ever using Medicare servicing. It was my first time Running invoices or anything like that. So it was a really big shift and change. And I was lucky that I could kind of taper into it while still working my Sydney job and then come full time onto it. I think I would have hit panic stations really early on if I'd been on my own. These days, I do work with some amazing business coaches who help me to really focus on our strategy and building a service that everyone would love to be part of.
0: We're here to talk about work life balance. Like, how do you manage work life balance in a rural setting? It's actually a really
1: interesting situation because it's very different to when I worked in a city. In a city, I'd be in an office and I'd have to come home and shut down that way. But now I have my office day and then most of the time I work from home. So there's not that separation between work and life a lot of the time. So it's taken a fair bit to actually put things in place around that on my day to day and Typically, it looks like having a really structured, regular routine of when do I see clients versus not see clients. My work phone is almost always on do not disturb unless I know I need to make phone calls. And that just helps me to keep focus on my admin tasks of my clients and Actually, manage my life. (laughs) Um, There's nothing worse than getting calls in the middle of important things and not being able to do either service justice. So, I've really worked on the kind of more structural aspects of work life balance on that front, but also making sure that running my own business, I'm not working 24 7. Um, Having that idea that there's always going to be people who need help, and I can't help everyone right now. So, I, t- I take a lot of time to work with reflection supervisors and focus on my well-being through the process as well so that I can help others better.
0: It's really interesting even though you've just started out so you you're in that startup phase as such but are very conscious of not taking on too much. Where has that come from? It's obviously been a conscious decision for you. Very much so. It's it's an area where I see it a lot with
1: clients, but I also supervise early career psychologists. And we see this a lot where we have this drive to help. You come into a helping profession and your goal is to help as many people as possible. And typically we find that that means we leave ourselves at the side of the road really struggling. And Honestly, it's lessons I've learned through some of my amazing clients, a lot of mums, women, and even people just living on farms, the fact that life doesn't stop. It's always going. Something always demands your attention, but you you can't pull from an empty cup. And we need to be able to look after that. And realistically, I need to live by example on that front, because if I can't do it, I can't help someone else do it effectively. Um, so it's it's a really big focus, and it's often a big focus in therapy that we find as well, because we know that it happens way too often. Mm.
0: Do you see a lot of people come through that are struggling with that work life balance, be it on a farm or or running their own business, and do they recognise that? Is that something that they're, I suppose, a cycle that they're trying to break and, and don't know how?
1: Yes and no. I think it's a really interesting space that historically that's always just been how it's worked if you live on a farm you work on the farm and the farm is your life it's your well-being it's your support system it's everything and we've moved into a way where we've now got greater connectivity we can get off farm easier we can connect with people more easily but we haven't actually grown to allow space for that so we I see a lot of people who are working on farms, living on farms, married to people working and living on farms who also then have their off-farm jobs, their kids, they're managing, they're running their own little empire essentially. And a lot of the time people don't recognize that they're doing too much. If you kind of break down everyday activities, they tend to be a lot more steps than we give them credit for. Even if we talk about just making a doctor's appointment, I can get that down to like 15 steps if we want to actually go there. Um, But you think about it as just you make an appointment and you go. There's so much more that goes into it and that's what we're doing on a day-to-day basis when we're not looking after ourselves is we're doing thousands upon thousands of steps without actually considering it. We think it's just three tasks. We've just spent six hours on those three tasks. There's no way it was just three tasks. So a lot of our work ends up being identifying and being mindful of that and then working to build strategies to actually change it. Um, And work-life balance is something I'm obviously very passionate about. It's something that I try and live and breathe as much as I can as well, because we can burn out so quickly and not be able to function anymore.
0: Mm. So on that beautiful segue, thank you, Lauren. What are some strategies and routines that you personally use to maintain that healthy work-life balance?
1: As I mentioned before, I love having a bit of a structured routine. So having days where you do regular tasks if you're in the workplace, even scheduling your workday out. So I check emails at these times and these times, or I do phone calls at 9am and 3pm and trying to give yourself things that will help you to better manage that, which is also really helpful if you run your own business, work on a farm, those spaces where there's always going to be something else you have to do. If you're working away from home, having a coming home routine where you come home, you put all your things in the one space, you get changed. That idea of leaving your outside clothes for outside and having inside clothes is actually really helpful a lot of the time. It creates this almost um, psychological break between work and home. Um, we often talk about the idea of having separate work spaces to home spaces where possible. It's not always possible. And that might be where you then have either different devices or do not disturb systems. But we want to try and have those things that create these breaks between work and home so we then have more opportunity to focus on our self-care and what recharges us when we are home rather than being distracted by work.
0: I remember when I first started and I think there's a lot of people that are similar that when you first start a business, it's on the kitchen table. I would always be in the kitchen and I'd just spin around on my chair and you know and talk to them while they're cooking. and I suppose as you said there's no clear break.
1: Definitely. And if you can't create a dedicated space, A strategy I've put in place with people I've worked with before is actually having a dedicated work bag where your laptop gets put away into that and it gets put out of sight. So not leaving on that kitchen table at home because you leave it there, you're always tempted. You're always like, I could just check my emails. Um, But then you go down the rabbit hole of working for an extra couple hours, which isn't really helpful for us. Um, We want to try and contain work so we can have a life around it as well and manage the fact that we deserve to have a life around work work
0: is one part of our lives but it's not our whole lives oh they are such good tips like just the the coming home routine I hadn't even thought of that one I love the idea of putting the laptop into the bag so before I let you go what feeling does International Women's Day evoke for you
1: I think it brings up a sense of empowerment, the fact that we are really paying attention to women, women's needs, the discrepancy between women and men in workplaces, but in life in general. I think it really empowers us to actually have those conversations and start driving change. And that's one of the things that always stands out for me because there's always these conversations around um very poignant at the moment is the differences in women's versus men's wages. We're seeing that being researched and shown much more clearly, even that we've all kind of known it was there These are things that drive us to actually research and find that out and prove it so we can actually make change happen. I think it's just a really, it's an empowering day. It's
0: about celebrating women, what they can do and really helping them thrive. Mm. Is that just not the news of the day today? I mean, we're recording this the day that that report has been released. Uh, Have you read some of it a bit disheartening though? going. Oh, How are we going to get there?
1: Yeah, I think it's a really interesting space. And I think I'm from that generation where it was just so ingrained that this was what happened. You didn't question it. And the more that I've worked across these different areas in employment and the workplaces, the more that I've learned about the fact that this is actually a really big problem. And we don't need to accept it. I think having this this disclosure, all this information come out is going to help get that message across. The fact that It's always been that way, but it should never have been that way. And it doesn't need to continue to be that way. And realistically, having those shock statistics is really helpful. Um, It's never a good thing because people have had to suffer to make those statistics happen. And at the same time, it's good to have the information now.
0: Thank you so much, Lauren, for being a guest on a friend of mine podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure and I can't wait to share more with the community.
0: Now, before you take off with all that inspiration and knowledge, we'd love for you to leave a review on our podcast so that we can continue to amplify women's voices in the media. And if you have any questions, we'd like to celebrate a win, can always connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Oak Magazine AU. I'm so glad we've met and that now you know a friend of mine.